And action. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Action Podcast. It is episode number 78. And today we have a slew of movies to review. Our first movie to review is Five Nights at Freddy's, which you can currently see streaming on Peacock. And it's also still in theaters. It's the number one movie in theaters right now. We also have Anatomy of a Fall, which was the Palme d'Or winner from the Cannes Film Festival. Third, we have Pain Hustlers, which you can see now on Netflix. Fourth, we have Freelance, which stars uh, John Cena. Fifth, we have the Millie Vanilli documentary, which is on Paramount+. Plus. Sixth, we have After Death, which is a documentary out in theaters now. And lastly, we have Butcher's Crossing, a Western starring Nicolas Cage. So with that, we're going to jump to Pete, who's going to give us his review of Five Nights in Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's uh, is a movie that came out uh, in theaters as well as on Peacock. Uh, you can catch that streaming now. Uh, this is directed by Emma Tammy and starring Josh Hutcherson from uh, Hunger Games fame, who played PETA, uh, who was very good in that. So the premise of Friday Night at Freddy's, and apparently it was a video game, which I'm not a gamer, so I, I had no idea that this was an existing IP. I thought that this was just a normal movie that somebody made up on their own. Um, this is about Hutchinson, uh, who is a security guard. He's down on his luck. He just can't catch a break. He's in debt. He's going to lose his sister. Um, so he takes this job at uh, almost like a Chuck E. Cheese type uh, establishment and you know his job is fairly simple just make sure people don't get in um, but as things start to progress we start to realize that the the animatronic uh, robots um, are actually alive and then it continues on now this movie got a 5-6 on IMDB and that's fair because it's just not no offense it's just not a great movie even a little bit that i would i wouldn't watch this on streaming i wouldn't waste the time unless of course you have the amc uh pass where you can see up to three films uh, a week um this is a tough watch in a way because it's just so silly um and usually with these kinds of movies when you know you don't really have a lot of expectations you go into them thinking okay this is fine it's just going to be a good time I just didn't find myself entertained um, at all throughout the whole thing. And I thought that the direction it went uh, and the storytelling was really lazy and, yeah, just wasn't a great uh, experience for me. Um, it's what my gut said when I was going to see this movie, when I first saw the previews. Like, I remember the previews came on and just thinking to myself, what was that? What did I just watch? Like that's getting funding, which is insane. Um, so yeah, there you go. Friday Night at Freddy's. Uh, check it out on Peacock. Um, it, it's a you should probably see it once, but that's about it. So I had a very similar take to Pete. Uh, I think the most important thing about this film to understand is the demographics of this film. So like Pete mentioned, this is an IP property that is based off of a mobile video game that was po super popular in like 2014, I believe. And so it's already got kind of a huge kind of audience. 
And a lot of people that want to see this, this is like a teenager movie, essentially. This is uh, adults, I think, are going to kind of struggle a little bit with it. And this is a good kind of like, this is kind of like Gremlins, just not as good, if that makes sense. You know how Gremlins is like, it's not really scary, but it's a little kind of terrifying, uh, especially when you're younger. This is kind of like a new age Gremlins based off that IP. And um, again, the most impressive thing about this film is really how successful it has been. So this has made $92 million domestically and has made $152 million worldwide. And so, and this is a a budget of, of, of roughly $20 million. So this is a huge, huge hit. And like I said, I think this is mainly more popular with teenagers versus adults. Now, as a movie, I think there's some things that are interesting in this film. I didn't know going into it, it was an IP property, um, but it, it is interesting. I wish I would have done a little more research before I went in. But that, without even throwing that aside, this film has some elements that make it very interesting. But also, I think it, there's just some elements that make it come up short. And I think that's where ultimately I think this movie lacks the story at the end of the day is just a little lacking. There's too many like, wait, what? Uh, you know, like things just don't connect very well. And th- I think the premise is pretty interesting. And I think, you know, th- this kid dealing with, you know, other missing kids and stuff like that. I like the setup of that, but I just don't think it was 100 percent executed. I don't think the script was 100 percent ready when it was they decided to shoot. And that's just my honest opinion. I, I still thought it was entertaining, but it's one of those entertaining, but also want, want, kind of lackluster. And so definitely if you have kids, I would say the teenagers more specifically, I think I would recommend it. Uh, every teenager I know has really liked it. Um, so it's really just as an adult, can you stomach it? And uh, again, I think it was entertaining. I wasn't mad I watched it, but at the same time, it, it was like, uh, yeah, that didn't make any sense. So take that as you will. The next film is Anatomy of a Fall. And like I mentioned, this is the Palme d'Or winner from Cannes Film Festival. And so I was super excited to see it. This is a French film, um, but it's it's ultimately in English, though. There's a couple subtitles when they speak, but it goes kind of back and forth between English and um, French and even some German, I believe. But um, ultimately, this is a, 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 a kind of like a murder mystery, if you will, um, but done in almost a documentary style like very raw and um you, you don't even feel like you're watching a film sometimes it's just like it's almost like they just put the camera there and the actors are going and you don't again you don't really realize you're watching a movie but i thought this was really well done i could see why this won the palm door and i found it again super entertaining but just compelling as well and the 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 courtroom scenes are are, are really well done and Again, just um, the the essence of this film is just so raw and natural. It's it's really really impressive to watch, um, and I think that's again this this movie is just so authentic in that way. So I, I highly recommend it if you can find it still out in theaters. Check it out. If not, wait for it on streaming. But uh, I think it's the only uh, issue is two and a half hours long. But I thought it held up pretty well in terms of time. So third, Pain Hustlers. Pete's going to give his review. Pain Hustlers that you can see on Netflix right now um, is a movie directed by David Yates, who you would know from uh, a lot of the Harry Potter movies, including the Fantastic uh, Beasts. 
I believe starting with um, uh, Half Blood Prince and then moving forward. He's a, an established director, very good director. And this stars Emily Blunt and Chris Evans. Uh, this is the story of Emily Blunt's character, who is, just like my last review, a down-on-her-luck mother who is struggling to make it um, every single day, um, but has just this certain something special uh, inside of her. And she meets uh, Chris Evans who plays a really funny, weird character. Um, and so he decides to take a chance on her and give her an opportunity to um, help get pharmaceuticals um, prescribed, basically. Um, and she's so good at her job, and she ends up saving the company. They become like these just insane millionaires. Um, and, but then of course they weren't really doing things, um, according to the law. And so there's a, some issues of brewing. Um, this is very much like a sort of like a wolf of wall street, not obviously that caliber, but this is like a wolf of wall street style, but in the pharmaceutical world, I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. Um, I had a great time. There were moments of comedy. Um, and I think that the, the real shining star of this is Emily Blunt. I mean, she has a range of emotions throughout this film. Um, and you really do feel everything that she's sort of experiencing. And, um, I thought this was probably one of her better performances. Chris Evans is funny. Um, and that's cool. Um, he did a good job, but I, I think that that role could have gone to anybody, Really, uh, Andy Garcia is in this as, as well, uh, as well as Catherine O'Hara, who's very good um, as the mom. Um, definitely go check out this film. Uh, it's on Netflix, so it's super easy to find. Uh, this was my, my number one uh, movie of this past week, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. So I probably wasn't as high on it as Pete was. I thought this was, I thought this movie was solid. I think it's definitely a good streaming film. Um, Pete kind of mentioned the comp Wolf of Wall Street. I think this is definitely the poor man's Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I probably don't like this as much as I, it's based on a true story, which I think adds to the the appeal of this film. But I think like it's I don't think it's as good as Dumb Money, so I'd put it just below that. Um, definitely not Get Short or Get Short. Um, The Big Short or Wolf of Wall Street. Those are true life stories about. The financial world and i thought those are like the home runs i thought dumb money was probably like a double and this is a like a single like i said i didn't um i enjoyed watching it i don't know if i'll watch it again I'm, but um solid film uh i i do believe uh, uh emily blunt like you mentioned was a great act what she did a phenomenal job on this however you could make a case that she's almost like too good of an actor because she's supposed to be kind of like this Floridian Florida woman. And um, she's almost like too good looking and too polished. Cause like when she really puts herself together, it's just like, she looks too good. You know what I mean? So um, you, that, that would be like my only critique again, nitpicking, but again, it's not about her. I think she was fantastic. Um, definitely different type of role for her, but uh, Chris Evans, I liked him in this. Uh, but kind of the same thing. I, they, they, they're both two very good looking people. And I think this movie 
almost didn't need these two high hitting stars and two good looking people. They need more regular people. <laughs> so just something to think about. But um, ultimately, I'd say check it out again. It's on Netflix and do that. Uh, next is Freelance, and that's in theaters now. Uh, this movie is uh, this movie it is, has not been doing that well in the box office. It only grossed uh, two point eight million dollars, so that cannot have been a success in that round. Five point five on IMDb. Um, there's, I think, this movie struggled with tonality. It, again, is it, was it a comedy? Is this a, um, you know, was this a drama, an action drama? I think this kind of didn't really straddle the line very well. This had a budget of $40 million, by the way, and only made less than four. So this is uh, not going to be a success in that realm. Um, I think those two other two ratings are pretty accurate. I think this movie just is missing a little something. Um, Cohesion, I think it's missing maybe the connection between a writer and a director where it's just like there's some elements to this movie that work and then there's just some elements that just leave it like wanting more i think everything needed to be kind of ratcheted up a little bit um i like john cena in it um again i didn't like i didn't hate this movie by any stretch of the imagination it was kind of a like I said, a fun movie, but I think this movie really, I really liked the, the, the third character. He was the, um, you know, the president um, and played, played by um, Juan Pablo Raba. And he, I, I, he was pretty funny, but I think this movie really needed a third and even a fourth and a fifth person that really, again, this movie probably needed more humor and it needed another or two character that was really, really funny. I think between John Cena, Christian Slater, and uh, Allison Brie, um, there just wasn't enough humor uh, between all of them. Um, again, not saying their acting was bad. That's not what I'm saying. But again, I think in order for this movie to work, I think it needs to be funnier. And between those four, they're not known to be real comedic actors and actresses. So I think that just, like I said, you need to kind of find that right. That's casting, right? I think you need to find that right flow. So um, see that kind of at your own discretion. Um, next, we have the Millie Vanilli documentary. Pete, give your thoughts. So the new Millie Vanilli documentary that just came out on Paramount Plus exclusively um, is a documentary about the pop band from the 90s, Millie Vanilli. Um, a lot of you out there aren't as old as I am, but Millie Vanilli was huge. This was one of the biggest bands in the 90s, um, and it was also the source of the biggest um, controversy. I remember as a kid, um, this was the first time I had experienced controversy within the music industry and like, oh my gosh, things aren't as they seem. Um, this movie is very well crafted, and listening to all the music again is just very nostalgic, uh, as well as the, you know, the personal lives between um, Rob and Fab, their relationship and how things grew, the relationship between the producer um, who basically created and invented Millie Vanilli, um, and, you know, the, the, the turmoil that came from these two guys 
who were great dancers and great artists. They just weren't great singers. Um, the ability to take this sort of project and, and, and create something so magical, it's almost like they were, they were sort of the, the first people ever to get just destroyed by something that everyone sort of kind of does to uh, one degree or another in, in pop music, especially like, you know, there's not a lot of instances where you're just hearing the normal vocals, the original vocals of, uh, of a singer or, you know, lip syncing instead of doing a live show. I mean, we've seen it a million times. However, these were the first ones to really sort of do it and actually have recognition and that recognition was the absolute top of of popularity. They were huge. Um, this was a great movie, Seven Six on IMDb. If you have Paramount Plus, I would go and see this documentary immediately. This is by far one of the best documentaries I've seen uh, all year, and it might just be because of the nostalgia. I don't know, but it was really well done. Yeah. So I actually was part of the interview. We interviewed Fab. Uh, Morvan uh, a couple years ago uh, on Valuetainment and so I've already met the guy and I got to hear a lot of this story and so I was kind of looking forward to seeing it in a more you know put together way and uh, ultimately I thought this was really really well done Uh, a little bit even more details than what we were given in just the interview with Fab and uh, I I really enjoyed it again I've always been a kind of a big fan of them I remember growing up with them and and loving them and me and Pete would do the dances um, and I still like the music today. And so, you know, I'm definitely glad that, um, you know, Fav is able to kind of turn his life around. And I, I just thought they did a good job overall with it. I highly recommend it. If you're familiar with Millie Vanilli, even if you've never heard of Millie Vanilli before, but you're a music fan, I would say check this out because I think this is a great story about the music industry and how especially like pop bands work so you know whether it's your bts or you know there's there's just ways that this stuff happens and it's not always like hey we all grew up together and we're best friends like that's just not how it's done and so again very interesting tale uh i i highly recommend that one next we have after dark which is another documentary and that this i saw in theaters and this is ultimately this tells a few different people's story of when they basically pass away for a period of time and they come back to life. And so they tell their stories. And if you're interested in that subject matter, I highly recommend it. I thought the film was well done. Uh, this is not necessarily a pure like religious film. I know that's probably some people's hesitation. Um, but if you are religious, I would also say definitely see this. If you're not, but you're still curious about death, I think this is also a good film, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed the subject matter and just hearing people's story and them discussing about it. And then you again, you can kind of make your own uh, judgments on on the subject matter. But ultimately, I still thought, again, it was well done and it was interesting. So and lastly, we have Butcher's Crossing, which stars Nicolas Cage. And this is a Western film that is basically. Uh, This is about an Ivy League dropout that travels to the Colorado wilderness where he joins a team of buffalo hunters on a journey that puts his life and sanity at risk. And so this is um, this is basically like, you know, how in Dance with Wolves, they go on that buffalo hunt 
well, imagine like that's the entire kind of premise of the movie. And it goes a little bit more in depth on how important the Buffalo are. And oh, before I even go this, I know a lot of people don't even know this, but there is no actual Buffalo in America. There are actually bison. Um, they quote unquote call it the American Buffalo now, but it's not actual Buffalo. So I'm going to keep saying Buffalo because that's what the movie says. And back then they thought it was Buffalo, but for the scientific people, it is bison. Okay. Um, which you can also buy at your local marts now, but, <clears throat> um, this was a very solid Western. I'm a big Western guy and I thought this was really, really well done. Um, I don't think this was a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought the subject matter was interesting enough. Uh, I thought Nicolas Cage actually was 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 pretty solid in this role, and it was just entertaining and and it was it was it was very believable in terms of like Buffalo and 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 all that stuff because sometimes that can be um, like really bad CGI or stuff like that. But I thought this worked; it was well shot. I thought it was pretty well directed as well. Um, just again, this is my kind of cup of tea, just a nice, solid, what good Western. Like they always used to make, you know, back in the, back in the fifties and sixties, this is, I, to me is just a throwback. This is one of the better Westerns I've seen in the last 10 years. And if you're a Western guy, I highly recommend it or, uh, or even that subject matter. If you, if you're interested in kind of historical stuff, this is, um, again, more about the Buffalo trade and, those that would go and hunt it for money and livelihood so check it out uh, it might be in select theaters but it should be on streaming also uh coming up so definitely check it out when you get a chance so with that everyone that's going to wrap it up for this episode um next week there is no real big um releases i know there's uh priscilla which is about um priscilla and elvis uh meeting and married in that relationship uh, there's also a couple streaming films and then ultimately leading up to the Marvels, uh, which will probably be the next big one that we, we review. So um, stay tuned. There's a lot of oh, there's also the killer uh, coming out. David Fincher's the killer. And, and so we'll be reviewing that as well. So make sure everybody check these out. We appreciate your love and support. Make sure you like, share and subscribe. And we appreciate you. And with that, that is a cut. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.